and welcome to Shepherd Staff. I'm Apostle Paul Young, and Shepherd Staff is here to help pastors, church leaders. Now, if you're not a pastor and church leader, you're welcome to listen. You're welcome to follow along. But that's what that's who I'm targeting to help. Now, we've been on the subject of why some people cannot be helped. I want to help you avoid frustration in ministry. <clears throat> so often, <clears throat> ministry is challenging. And it's challenging enough without the frustration of people that you try to help and it does no good. <clears throat> well, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27, it says, Withhold not good from them to whom it is due when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. And now, this is talking about those who are qualified. That's what the word do means here. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due. Those who are qualified. Now, when somebody's qualified for help, I will help them. I'll go out of my way. I'll go the 10th mile, the nth mile, whatever. <clears throat> I will uh, sacrifice to help people when they're qualified. But if they're not qualified, I have discovered that you waste a lot of time trying to help these people. <clears throat> it seems like in ministry, now I've been in the ministry 47, over 47 years, <clears throat> and I have observed that the people that require and want the most help are the quickest to cause a problem and leave. Well, and over the years, I, I put this together, this area of why some people can't be helped. And I hope to help you avoid a lot of time wasted. Then you can put that time into those who can be helped. And the other thing is, you don't want to be in one of these categories of who can't be helped. Just because you're a pastor doesn't mean you uh, can't mess up. So <clears throat> I believe this will help you. Now, we're on number five. We've covered the others in previous sessions. Number five is you can't help someone who thinks you are the cause of their problem. Oh, uh, yeah. You can't help someone who thinks you are the cause of their problem. In Daniel chapter 2, <clears throat> there's a situation where uh, the king had had a dream, and then he couldn't remember what the dream was. And so he called in the wise men, not including Daniel, because Daniel <clears throat> was one of the captives. They were in Babylon. and But because of things that had happened with Daniel, he was included in the group of wise men. But the wise men from Babylon were a bunch of sorcerers and, you know, enchanters and whatever else. <clears throat> and the king called him in and said, uh, I had a dream and I forgot it. So I need you guys to tell me what the dream was. And, of course, they couldn't do it. And <clears throat> the king got mad. And in verse number 12, it says, For this cause the king was angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon, including Daniel. <clears throat> now, you can't help someone who thinks you are the cause of the problem. 
And the king, as long as he thought Daniel was part of the wise man and Daniel was part of the problem, he can't receive. And I have run into this many, many times. People think, well, you're the cause of my problem. And now, a lot of times, this stems out of the whole race issue. All this race stuff that's going on. Blacks blaming whites, whites blaming blacks. <clears throat> really, you need to understand something. There is only one race. It's called the human race. <clears throat> this black and white and brown and whatever, <clears throat> that is not about race. It's about selfishness. It's about sin. It's inspired by the enemy, by the devil, <clears throat> trying to pit one color against another color. My black brother is not a different race, even though they call it racial. It's not a different race. You can take his blood, put it in me, my blood, put it in him, it'll work. <clears throat> no, th this is the, the old divide and conquer strategy that the enemy has used many times successfully. And if there's someone that thinks I am a part of their problem, what causes their problem? You know, it's you white people. Wait a minute, right there. <clears throat> How in the world can I help them when they think I'm part of the problem? I cause the problem. I am, you know. <clears throat> so, uh, if someone thinks you're the cause of their problem, they're not going to listen to you, no matter what you say. Job chapter 1, I want to go there, <clears throat> because Job had a lot of problems. And in fact, in Job chapter 1 and verse uh, 20, it says, Then Job arose, rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground and worshiped, and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, wait a minute. Job is mad, and he blames God. He says, the Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. <clears throat> now, it wasn't the Lord that took away from Job. You read your Bible, and in verse number 12, it says, the Lord said unto Satan, behold, all he has is in your power. Now, <clears throat> we have to ask the question, how did all that Job had get into the power, into the, the realm of the enemy being able to access it and destroy it? <clears throat> See, it was the devil working through the open door of Job's fear. See, if you look back at verse number five, it says, and it was so when the days of their feasting was gone about his children, his sons, that Job sent and sanctified them, rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. And then if you turn over to Job chapter three, Job chapter three and verse 25, and here we see the truth come out. Job says, for the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me and that which I was afraid of is come to me. I was not in safety Neither had I rest, neither was I quiet, yet trouble came. <clears throat> now, we got to cut Job some slack 
because he didn't have a Bible. Uh, most biblical scholars agree that the book of Job is the oldest book of the Bible except the first part of Genesis. <clears throat> so Job couldn't turn to, you know, to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He couldn't turn to First Peter. He couldn't turn to, to all that we can look at. But we know, we know fear opens the door for the enemy like faith opens the door for God. And Job was in fear. How did the devil have access to all Job had? Because of his fear. Now, <clears throat> we got to give Job credit that in the middle of this, he still stayed with God. <clears throat> but if you go to the end of Job, <clears throat> Verse four, uh, chapter 40, whatever it is. I didn't write it down. But you'll find it says, and Job repented. Now, if Job didn't do anything wrong, how come he had to repent? And right after Job repented, it says the Lord blessed Job with twice as much as he had before. God is the blesser. The devil is the stealer. The thief comes not before to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said. John 10, 10. But I am come, Jesus said, that you, you might have life and have it more abundantly. God is not in the business of stealing your stuff, taking your stuff, taking your, your son, your daughter, your mom, your, your wife, husband, whatever. That's not God. That's the devil doing that stuff. God is the one that blesses you with life and more abundantly. Praise God. <clears throat> but if you think it's God that's doing this, how in the world can you go to God and get it fixed? Read your Bible because you'll find God is not the one that, that is bringing all the junk. <clears throat> now, a lot of times we have wives blaming husbands and husband blaming wives. They think there is the problem. Well, then you're not going to listen to anything they have to say that could help you. The problem, listen to me, the problem is not your husband or your wife. The problem is you. I'm smiling as I say it. <clears throat> I'm not saying your spouse doesn't have problems. But you can't fix the problems in your spouse. But you can allow the Holy Spirit to work on you and change you. Focus on what you can change. Don't focus, focus on what you can't change. See, the problem in, in a lot of marriages and in a lot of churches, is people are focusing on stuff they can't change. I cannot make you change one iota, and you can't make me change one bit. No, no. <clears throat> uh, but I can change me. I can get, get with God. I can allow the Holy Spirit to work in my heart, in my mind. I can get my mind renewed to the Word. I can begin obeying the Word. I can deal with my flesh. I can deal with my attitudes and I can get me right. You know, and it's amazing how many times <clears throat> that a person starts dealing with themselves and they start to change and all of a sudden the other person isn't so bad anymore. All of a sudden. It's not that the other person is changing. It's that you are changing. Praise God. And even if the other person doesn't change, you're being changed from glory to glory by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. About to preach myself happy here. Okay, now let, let me help you with a little bit more. <clears throat> Another reason 
that some people cannot be helped is some people can't be helped because they have not yet tasted the pain of being wrong. Luke chapter uh, 5. We're going to go there. Luke chapter 5. And, or 15, excuse me. Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. And we're going to verse number 11. And it says there, a certain man had two sons. And the younger, younger one said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Now, you you understand this passage. This is the parable or the story of the prodigal son. Young fella got his money. Shortly after he got his money, took off and went and wasted all his money with riotous living, spent it on wine, women, and song, and lost everything. <clears throat> and then there was a famine in the land. Things got hard. And uh, verse 15, he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country a farmer, he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And it says in 16, he would have feigned, he wanted to fill his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave to him. This guy was in a sorry situation. It was bad. And now, his father did not run and find him in the pig pen and pull him out. Oh, you poor boy, you really got a rough. Come on, come on, pat him on the back. Come on home. No, no. His father knew he had to let him go through the process of tasting the pain of being wrong. Now look at verse 17. And when he came, the prodigal son, when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. And will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. See, when he came to himself, what does that mean? The pain of his choices brought him to the place where he finally admitted, I am wrong. He knew it all along, but he wouldn't admit it. But he, he justified, he excused he, he gave reasons why, but he wasn't fooling anybody. And it's amazing how many people come to us as pastors. And they, they know they have a problem. And they sit down in my office or your office. And they begin to justify what's wrong. They begin to give excuses as to why they are wrong. And they go on. You see, that person, you can't help them. As long as they have not admitted, I am wrong and I shouldn't do it. and I, ha- I shouldn't have done it. And with God's help, I'm not going to do it again. <clears throat> if somebody's justifying their sin, I, I just say, we're done. We're done. You, you haven't come to yourself. You haven't decided you're going to repent and follow God. When you're ready to repent, come back and talk to me. Oh, that's hard. No, no, that's, that is not catering to their sin, not catering to them. 
I refuse to cater to people when they're not doing it right, when they're not living right. <clears throat> so we go down to verse uh, <clears throat> 18 and 19 where he says, I'll rise and go to my father. I'll say, I've sinned. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He changed his mind. And that's a clue as to when someone can get help is when they're willing to change their mind. <clears throat> it's called repentance. Now, you need to understand there's two words in the New Testament that are translated repent. One is metanoia. The other is metamelamai in the Greek language. <clears throat> One of those is I'm just sorry. Sometimes sorry I got caught. Sorry because of the problems that, that it's caused me. But they're not willing to change. The other means a change of mind and heart. It means a 180-degree turn. I'm going, I was going that way. I realized I was wrong. <clears throat> Boy, it's hard for some people to say that. I was wrong. I blew it. I decided wrongly. I made the choice. I bear the responsibility. <clears throat> but now I'm making the choice to go right. I'm making the choice to do it God's way. <clears throat> See, I've seen people, one young man comes to mind, came to our church here, and uh, he was having a problem with drugs, and he would come to church, he would get invited, he'd come down to the altar, he'd go through the sinner's prayer, within a week he was right back in his drugs. This happened three or four times. <clears throat> then finally, one time he came, and he came down and he said, said the sinner's prayer, but this time, it worked. How come it worked that time and he got saved, born again? How come it worked that time and didn't work the other time? The reason it didn't work the other time is because that was metamelamai. He was, he was sorry for his mess, but he wasn't willing to change his direction. And he thought Jesus just get him out of his mess. See, and that's the problem when people come to us as pastors and we really want to help. We want to help everybody, but you can't help everybody. Because some people are not qualified. And when you try to help them, it'll just fall on deaf ears. They won't do what you told them to do. <clears throat> and this guy finally, metanoia, he repented. And then his life was changed. Praise God. <clears throat> so a clue as to when someone can get help is when they're willing to change what's in their head. They repent. Another example of this is David back in uh, Psalms 51. In Psalms 51 and uh, verse number 7 to 13, <clears throat> says, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins. Blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Now, this is what David wrote after the sin with Bathsheba, and he was confronted by Nathan the prophet. Did David have to get into adultery and murder, kill uh, Bathsheba's husband? In order to change and pray this prayer in Psalms 91, creating me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me, 
Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. <clears throat> did he did he have to do this, all of that sin, in order to pray this prayer? No. But he tasted the pain of being wrong and ended up there by the long route. <clears throat> now, you can get there by the short route. What is that? Repent at the thought before you do the deed. Repent right there and deal with it. And then you're not going to take action on whatever that thought was. But David, he didn't repent of the thought when he looked over the edge of the palace and saw her down there naked bathing or whatever she was doing. Uh, And it caused all kinds of problems. But David then finally did repent. But he had to taste the pain. You don't have to taste the pain of being wrong. Just repent right at at the beginning. Don't get the action going. Psalms 119, David wrote in verse 67, he said, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. Before I was afflicted. He didn't have to be afflicted. He did. He was. But it was because of the sin, because he opened the door. Trouble and pain come when we fail to follow the instructions in the word of God. Why do we fail? Because we make a choice. The choice is always ours. Don't blame that on somebody else. I made my own choices. You made your own choices. And people make their own choices. In in our culture here in America, a lot of people believe in, in pushing people through regardless of whether they are qualified or not. I mean, <clears throat> can't pass second grade, push them through the third grade. Can't pass third grade, push them through the fourth grade, and so on. All in the name of not hurting the students' feelings or hurting the parents' feelings. The problem is when we do that, we cripple them in life. These kids are going to get out in life and they're going to find out, no, there isn't a trophy for participation. The trophy only goes to those who win in real life. I've seen like little league or soccer leagues where every kid on the team got a trophy. They didn't win. It's just a participation trophy. What a crock of baloney. No, that's not how life is. God rewards you for doing right. The devil is going to penalize you for doing wrong. It's real simple that way. Psalms 119, verse 71, David said, It's good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. You know, it would be better if you learn what God says first and not go and break it and go against it. Some people cannot be helped because they have not yet tasted the pain of being wrong. I wish it wasn't that way. I think probably you, and I know I, have had situations that were very painful. And I learned the hard way in those situations. And I learned, don't go that route. Don't go there. I learned it's way better to learn by being instructed by being led, by 
getting wisdom from those who have gone down that road and come back to tell you that is a rough road to go down. Do not do that. It's much better to learn from instructors. Uh, I'm a pilot. I've got a lot of hours. But when I wanted to learn how to fly, I didn't just go get a plane and start figuring it out on my own. That would have been very expensive and, and very painful. No, I got an instructor, and I listened to that instructor. Well, it's more than one instructor, several, in fact, over the course of my training. Uh, I didn't want to learn the hard way by having a crash, by having, you know, <clears throat> something happen that that injures you and, and creases your life physically. No, no, no. I got instructors, and I listened to my instructor. And that's what we need to do. Even pastors, you need a pastor. <clears throat> you need someone with experience, someone that's been around the block, been over the mountain, down the river, and can help you. Everybody needs a pastor, even pastors. I have one. Doc Barkley is my my pastor. And I run stuff by him. And on purpose. Because to think that you know everything and you see everything and you don't need anyone to help you, anyone to counsel you or to give you wisdom and advice, uh, you're headed for a crash. You're headed for pain. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm telling you. Because you don't want to have yourself in this category of the people that can't be helped because they have not yet tasted the pain of being wrong. <clears throat> well, that's that's what I got for you today. Hey, I encourage you to go to our website. It's uh, wolife.org. That's just short for Word of Life. <clears throat> on our website is all kinds of stuff that can help you. There's audios on there, free audios. We have over uh, 150, 160 series that I have taught. I preach a lot. preach usually over 300 times a year. <clears throat> and so there's a lot on there. Uh over 160 series, over 1,500 messages that are all available for free. You can listen to them or download them either way. <clears throat> and I pray that they'll be a blessing to you, help you on just about every subject you can think of and from one end of the Bible to the other. And uh, <clears throat> if you have a topic, you have a question you'd like me to address in one of these Shepherd Staff sessions, <clears throat> just just email us. It's I think it's going to put it on the bottom here info at woelife.org and I'll be glad to get it. Just want to help you, bless you, encourage you, and help build the kingdom of God. We'll see you next time right here on Shepherd Staff.